Um, so thanks for letting me talk to you again. You didn't boo me off the stage last week, so that's, that's like a big plus for me. Um, so my daughter just turned six on Monday. It was like a big deal for her. She's been celebrating her birthday for the entire month of July, because um, that's how she does things. And so uh, she's, she looks a lot like me now. Uh, if you see her running around here, you, some people call her my mini me. Um, but man, if you start talking to us and hearing about about our hobbies and our personalities, she's like my polar opposite, okay? <laughs> like, she's into dance now, and we've done this for a couple years, and uh, you know, I'm pretty athletic, and I've played a lot of sports, and I've been pretty active my whole life, and I've always known like I can help her with pretty much any sport she chooses, except for dance. <laughs> and so, of course, that's what she chose to be part of. She loves to dance. She's passionate about it. She just feels dancing, right? It just comes out of her so naturally. And she's so graceful and effortless when she does it. And me, if I try to dance, it's like goofy and awkward and like, what's she doing up there? Like, <laughs> I don't know what she's, what she's uh, trying to figure out. But so my daughter loves this dance stuff, and she, you know, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to dance. There's classes, and then there's rehearsals, and there's a, a practice leotard, and then there's a rehearsal leotard, and there's practice tights, and there's rehearsal tights, and there's, like, costumes and accessories and all these bows and pins. Oh, my. It's just, like, all this stuff, right? And it's just so out of my comfort zone. And are there any dance parents in here that know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is like serious stuff. It's not for the, the faint of heart. Uh, and so, you know, we buy all the leotards and we do all the classes, we do all the things, and I, I, can, I can figure out most of that stuff, but then there's just the one dreaded thing for me, and that is the ballet bun. And <laughs> I can't even expl explain to you how horrible I am at the ballet bun and how, how much stress it causes me that I'm so horrible at it. And so this thing is like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then I completely envy you. And if you know, you know, this thing has to be perfect, okay? It has to be like perfectly centered and it has to be, there are no stray hairs in the ballet bun, okay? There, there's no, nothing is out of place. It has to be perfect. And so I'm, I'm just horrible at it. And so I'm watching YouTube videos on it. Like, how do we get the perfect ballet bun? Like, ballet buns for dummies. And um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out all the different hacks, right? And I'm, I'm buying the, the right hair ties and I'm buying all the gadgets. They have this thing called a donut, right? And you don't eat it. It's supposed to go on your hair and it's supposed to make your hair look like this perfect bun. Uh, so they have the donut and we've bought that and they have the slap bracelet. And this is literally like this thing that you roll their hair up and you're supposed to snap it like a slap bracelet and it magically makes this perfect ballet bun, it doesn't work. Don't buy it. Like it's, it's a, it doesn't work. We sent it back on Amazon the, the day after we got it. So we buy all these gadgets, right? And I've got the right hair ties. I've got the elastic bands that are supposed to make it perfect. And we've got all these bobby pins. Like, I didn't own a single bobby pin until my daughter started dancing. And now it's like our whole house is this explosion of bobby pins just everywhere. And they are like a literal thorn in my side. I just can never figure out like how to put them in the right way. And I always just feel like I, I get her bun and I just feel like it's this ticking time bomb. Like at what one point, like that one bobby pin is gonna move and the whole thing's just gonna go and like explode in my face. And so 
Man, dance is just, it's not something that I'm super comfortable with and it's not something that I'm very good at and this ballet bun is really just like a horrible experience for me every time I do this, but so why do we do it? Why have we signed up for three years now and we signed up again for our fourth year just a few weeks ago? Why do we do this? And I'll tell you why. It's because Finn loves it. She loves it, like she cannot get enough of it. And I love Finn, right? I love her. And so if she wants to be in ballet and if she needs the perfect ballet bun, I wanna be where she is and I wanna do what she's doing. And so because I wanna see her happy and because I wanna be present in her life, I go and I buy all the stuff. Right? We buy all the tights and we get the leotards and I buy the bobby pins and I watch the videos and I do all these things because I wanna be where Finn is, right? And when I see her dancing and she's just so happy and she's filled with joy and I know I'm sitting there watching her through the window and I know I'm just smiling like you know a big goofball that I'm just so happy to see her happy. And when I see that, I just, it doesn't even matter. If I have to do 100 ballet buns to see her that happy, I'm gonna do it, right? It just doesn't matter, I'm just gonna do it because I love to see her happy and her joy brings me joy and it makes all these things worth it, right? And so I think about worship and I think, man, what if we approached God and worship that way? What if we said, God, you are worthy of it all, right? Just like that song was saying, you were saying, God, you are the focus of everything that I'm doing. You are the main thing, God. It's all about you, and I wanna please you, and I wanna make you happy. I wanna bring you joy. And I think if we would approach him that way, there's probably a couple things that make you uncomfortable in worship. And there's probably a couple things that you think, I'm just not very good at that especially in worship, and I think if we would turn and look at him, and we would say, God, I just wanna bring you joy, man, I think I'd be willing to do some things, right, that make me feel a little bit uncomfortable, or I'd be willing to do some things that I'm just not very good at. And the thing is, we go from being willing to do these things to actually wanting to do them. And that's when the change in our heart happens. Like, I'm not just willing to do this ballet bun, I actually want to do it. I'm still horrible at it. (laughs) It still looks awful. It's still a ticking time bomb that might just explode in my face at any moment, but I want to do it. Why? Because it brings my daughter joy. We want to do things in worship. Why? Because we want to offer something to God because he's worthy of it. Um, David said it this way. He said, I don't want to bring a sacrifice to God that costs me nothing. Right? And think about what that's saying. Like, I don't want to just press the easy button. I don't want to just do it the easy way. I don't want someone to hand me something and I just pass it off to God. He's saying, I want this to be from me. I want it to be an offering. I want it to be something that I can give to God. And so the, the true value of our worship is this. What are you willing to bring? What are you willing to offer? Right? The value of our worship is in how much I'm willing to give to the God who's worthy of it because he's already done so many good things for me. The value of my worship is how am I willing to respond to God? 
what am I willing to give? And so you might be thinking, well, okay, great, like what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to give? And I think the answer to that is in Romans 12.1, and I'm gonna show it to you on the screen. It says in, in Romans 12.1, it says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, and when we see those words, and so, you should go back to Romans 11, you should read what it's talking about. It says in Romans 11 just how, like, how knowledgeable God is and how wise he is. Like No one can give him advice. No one can give him so much that he has to pay you back. Right? He's already given us so much. It's just giving us all these details about how big God is and how worthy he is and that everything comes from him and is empowered through him. Right, And it's supposed to give him glory. So, And so, because of all of these things, it says, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to what? Give your bodies to God. Right? Give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. And it says, let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable, right? The kind that brings him joy, the kind, the kind that makes him happy. And it says, this is truly the way to worship him. Man, there's the answer right there. It says, how do we worship God? How do we bring an offering? It says, bring him your life. Bring him your body. Offer yourself to God because why? He's already done so much for you. And so maybe you're thinking, well, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to offer my life to God? And if you keep reading through Romans 12, it's gonna give you tons and tons of examples of how you can bring your life to God and how you can use your gifts for God. Just all these different ideas. So you should go home and you should read the rest of that this week. But today, I want us to just focus on things that we can really do together in this room during worship, how we can offer our lives to God and how we can bring this, this offering to him and how we can respond to him in worship because of what he's done. So, you ready? With me? Okay. Try, you trying? Somebody's trying? Okay. Am I going too fast? Okay. So the first thing that we can do is we can lift up our hands. And I know, I know some of you are like, oh no, I don't, I don't lift my hand. I don't do that. Uh, I, don't, I don't raise my hands. It's not, it's not something I'm comfortable with. It's not something I'm very good at. I'm just not a hand raiser, right? Um, so we went bowling. My daughter, I told you, turned six this week. And so I said, what do you want to do? And she said, I want to go bowling. And I was like, that's weird. Like, okay. So we went bowling. And we take her and I'm trying to teach her, like I'm like, this is, this is a sport, I can show her how to do this, yay! And so we get there and I'm, you know, we put the shoes on her and we choose the ball and we go to the lane and I'm trying to tell her, you know, how to roll the ball down to hit these pins and she's like, I got it, I'll figure it out. And so she pushes me out of the way and she goes up to the line and she squats down and like rolls this ball like, like down the, the lane, and we've got the bumpers up, but man, this thing is like crawling, okay? <laughs> so we're like watching, and we're like, oh man, I hope it makes it, I hope it makes it. Please don't get stuck in the middle of the lane, and it is like, I mean, I can count the turns as they're, they're coming down the lane, and so like four hours later, it gets down there, and it like is barely moving enough to just knock one pin, and it's like whoop, whoop, Oop, and it knocks one over and another one over. And so we're like frozen, right? Because we're not sure if she's going to be super excited or if she's going to cry over this. She only got two down. So we're waiting. And she turns around and she throws her hands up in the air and she yells, I did it! 
And we're like, whoa, you did it, you did it. I mean, we are celebrating with her. We looked like a bunch of fools. I'm sure we looked really weird. We were jumping up and down over her, knocking over these two pins. But man, listen, we know how to lift our hands, right? We know how to celebrate something. We know that this is an automatic response almost when we wanna praise something, when we're excited, when we wanna celebrate. This is pretty easy for us to do. Think of all the times that you've lifted your hands to celebrate something. Look, do it with me right now. Just lift both hands in the air. There you go. And now wave them this way. And now wave them. I'm just joking. That's, I just wanted to see if you do it. You did it. You know how to raise your hands. We can do this, right? We do this all the time to celebrate. Um, but maybe you're thinking, man, lifting my hands in worship is just, it's just not for me. It's just kind of weird. I just, what if people see me? What if people judge me? What if for you, lifting your hands is kind of like a ballet bun for me, right? What if people look at it and they, what if I didn't do it right? What if, what if it doesn't look very pretty? What if people look at it and judge it? What if people see me and they judge me because, because I'm raising my hand? And if, if, a, if raising your hands is kind of like a ballet bun for me, then I just want to show you a few scriptures um, where it talks about lifting our hands. And so in Psalm 63, it says, these will be on the screen, it says, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting my hands to you in prayer, right? In Psalm 134, it says, lift your hands towards the sanctuary and praise the Lord. And even Jesus lifted his hands, it shows us in Luke 24, it says Jesus led them, it's talking about the disciples, he led them to Bethany, and it says lifting up his hands to heaven, he blessed them. All over the scriptures, if you read about worship, if you read about celebrating, if you read about praising, lifting hands is a big part of that. And so, if you're still thinking, I just don't think I can do that, I, I just, that's just not something I'm comfortable with, I understand. I really understand this. Like, I didn't grow up in hand-raising church, okay? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, hand-raising church. I didn't grow up in that kind of church. I grew up in a very traditional church. It was pretty strict, and it was very orderly in the way that we did things. And so I remember the first time that a friend invited me to church with her, and uh, we walk into this room, and it was kind of like this. Uh, and I was like, where are the pews? Like, <laughs> there's no pews in this church. And so we sit down in a chair, and as uh, the music starts, you know, the lights are getting low, and there's drums on the stage, and there's electric guitars, and I'm like, what is going on in here? Like, this is amazing. And the music starts, and people are singing, and I'm looking around as they're singing, and all these people are raising their hands, right? And I'm looking at them, and I'm like, who are these weirdos? Like, what are they doing? I had just never seen anything like this before. I had never, never been a part of worship this way. I had never said the word worship, right? I had just never seen anything like this. And so to me, that was just very strange and out of place. I just, I just kind of stood there and watched people that day. And I remember the first time, I remember exactly where I was standing, and I remember the song that was playing when I felt the first time like the Holy Spirit was just nudging me and saying, hey, you need to raise your hand. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm, nope, I can't do that. That's not, that's not something I do. It's, I've never done that before. What if I do it wrong? What if people see me? What if, what if people judge me? 
I can't do that. And so through that whole song, I was just thinking, oh gosh, oh gosh, he's asking me to raise my hand, he's asking me to raise my hand, and I just couldn't do it. And um, so it's at like the very, very end of this song, and I'm like, all right, I'm like counting myself down, like I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna lift my hand, and my heart is like beating so fast that I'm like, I might just pass out. I don't even know if I'm gonna get a chance to try. Like I might just fall down and pass out right here because my heart was going so fast. And so I just like counted myself down, like three, two, one, and I did this like barely lifted my hand, and then I stuck it on the chair in front of me, like it was a total bailout, right? So I'm like, whoop, here it is, nope, I'm just grabbing the chair, nothing to see here, nothing to see. Uh, And I mean, really, it was like not impressive at all. It didn't even get past like my belt loop, okay? It was, it was nothing, and I'm sure nobody even saw it. They probably just thought, oh, look at that girl just grabbing the back of the chair. Nothing, nothing big, nothing impressive, and I mean, nothing, Nothing big happened around me that day, but something really, really big happened in me that day. And that was, for maybe the first time ever, I knew that God was asking me, hey, you, you've experienced just a little bit of me. Will you respond to me? Will you just give me a little bit of a, little bit of a response? Will you just offer me something that makes you feel uncomfortable just to show me, like, that, that you appreciate it, just to show me that you've noticed. And in that little moment, man, my heart was changed, right? Because I wanted to honor God, I wanted to bring him something, and as scary as it was for me, God was honored by that. By that tiny little motion, God was honored by it, and he saw it, and he knew that as small as it was, that that was a huge step forward for him and I, right, and for our relationship, and so you should try lifting your hands, even if it's weird, even if it feels wrong to you, even if you're not very good at it, and like Melissa said today, no one's looking at you, right, and if they are, they're not looking at the right place, right, they're not here to see you, we're not here to see you, we're here to see God, we're here to interact with God, we're here to respond to God, so who cares what anybody thinks, we should try to lift our hands, right, Another thing we can do is we can bow our heads. So last week we talked about um, just coming before God in this humble way and coming before God in this uh, just pose of surrender, right? This position of surrender and coming to him and saying, God, your way is the way, right? It's not an option for me, it is the way and I want to surrender to that. I wanna follow in your way, I wanna do what you're asking me to do. And when we spend time with God like that, when we bow our heads, when we come and we talk to him, when we try to listen to him, when we just sit quietly with him and spend time with him and bow our heads, and when we pray, our prayers become an expression of worship to God, and my prayer becomes this response to God, right? Because of all that he's done for me. And so maybe you're thinking, well, I just don't pray very good. (laughs) Like, I don't pray really pretty. It doesn't come out eloquent. It doesn't come out in a way that anybody, you know, appreciates it. Nobody wants to hear me pray, right? If you've said that before, then praying for you is like a ballet bun for me, okay? It's just not very pretty. Like, there's way too many bobby pins in there, and they're sticking out, and they're stray hairs, and it's just not very pretty. We're not very good at it. And if that's you, then hopefully this encourages you, but um, 
maybe it won't, maybe you'll just laugh at me for it, but the first time I ever prayed uh, in a little tiny group of friends out loud was kind of like skiing. Okay, so follow me. You've seen these skiers, right? And they are like gliding on the, down the mountain, right? You know who I'm talking about. It's effortless. They're just gliding across the snow and they're making these beautiful little S shapes. And when they want to stop, they do that cool thing where they like turn sideways and the snow like sprays out from them. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, my prayer was nothing like that. It was nothing like that. My prayer was more like that kid who just got off the ski slope or got off the, the lift for the first time, and the only thing that kid knows how to do is that pizza wedge. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so the pizza wedge, and you put it together, and you, like, we can't do this fun stuff yet. All we can do is keep ourselves in this pizza wedge, and that kid is flying straight down the mountain, right? And they're yelling, get out of the way, get out of the way, and everybody's yelling, ah, get out of the way, get out of the way, and everybody knows that the only way that kid is stopping is what? If they crash, if they crash or if they fall down, like that is the only way that that kid is gonna stop moving. My prayer was kind of like that, okay? So I'm praying and I get into it and I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm like in this pizza wedge and I'm going, right? I'm like heading downhill and I can just remember in this little circle and I'm, I'm saying something and in the back of my head I'm like, oh God, I don't know how to stop, make it stop, make it stop. Like this is really bad, just make it stop and I just know that the people in my little circle were also praying, God, make her stop, make her stop, this is really bad, just make her stop. And, and so at some point I crashed and it was like amen and everybody whew, like took a breath, like oh my gosh, that was, that was really horrible, it was awful and I'm like exhausted from it and everybody else is like, whew, we need a break from, you you know, this was really, really bad. It was not, it was not pretty, it was not eloquent, there was nothing smooth about my first prayer out loud. It was really, just really bad. Um, and, and so for me, like it, it just wasn't a great experience, but as bad as that prayer was, God was honored by it, right? God saw my heart and he knew that even though this was like a train wreck of a prayer, he knew that I was trying to take a step and to respond to him and to offer him something. And even though the people around me were like, this is the worst prayer I have ever heard in my life. Like nobody got saved that day. Nothing nothing miraculous happened. I think the angels were actually singing when I stopped because they're like, oh, thank goodness that's over. But, uh, But God saw it, right? and God was honored by it, and that's what, we, that's what we need to focus on. It's not about you. It's not about anybody around you. It's not if they think that your prayer was smooth or cool, or if your prayer was, was worthy of saving somebody. It's not about what they think. It's not about them at all. It's about you, and it's about God. And look what Jesus says, like maybe you just need a little template. And Jesus says, hey, I'm gonna teach you how to pray, right? I'm gonna show you how to pray. And he says, pray like this. And he goes word for word from Matthew 6, 9. It's the Our Father. It says, hey, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one. 
you could pray those exact words, you could just read that prayer, and that is a good prayer, and that is something that honors God and something that pleases him. Because look what it's saying, it's saying, hey God, you're in heaven and you're holy, and you're set apart, right? And I wanna make sure that I honor your name. I want, I want your kingdom the way that it's supposed to be and your will to happen right here on earth and in my heart, right? Would you give me today what I need? Just what I need, God. And would you, would you help me to forgive people that have sinned against me, and would you forgive me for the sins that I've committed? And then would you help me to just stay on the right path? Help me not to sway and go a different way, but to stay on the path that you've designed for me, God. Amen. Like, you can pray just like that, and Jesus says, here's how to do it. Or maybe you need something just a little bit different. Look at Philippians 4, 6 sometime today. It says, hey, don't worry about anything. It says what? Pray about everything. And it says, here's how you do it. Tell God what you need, and then thank him for all that he's done. Right? It's as simple as that. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. You can do this. You can talk to God, you can bow your head, you can honor God and you can please God. Your prayer can be a worship, a form of worship to God. You can talk to him, he's like your father. And we get to come straight to him. And Jesus even says before he says to our father, he says, hey, just go away and shut the door. Like it's not about anybody else. It's not about your prayer being impressive or eloquent or smooth or cool. It's about you talking to your father and that's what honors him. That's what pleases him. That's what brings him joy, right? So we're willing to do these things if we remember that we're trying to just honor God and we're trying to please him with our lives. So we should try to lift up our hands and we should try bowing our heads and praying, and we should lift up our voices, right? God is so good, he's so big, he's so worthy of all of our praise. Just think of everything that he is. He's the God who saves and redeems and forgives. He's the God who creates and recreates. He's the God of new beginnings. Like I could just go on and on and on about who God is and how I've seen him move and the great things that we've heard about him, the great things that we've seen. He's worthy of praise, amen? God is worthy of our praise. And so maybe you're thinking, well, man, singing's not my thing. I'm not a very good singer. Nobody wants to hear me sing. Like when I sing, windows crack and dogs howl. Like nobody, nobody wants to hear me sing. Like people step away when I start singing. They're, I don't draw anybody in. They're moving as far away as they can. And if that's you, then maybe singing for you feels like a ballet bun for me right? Maybe it's just something you're not very good at, and you've practiced and practiced, but it's just not getting easier, and maybe it's just not very pretty. Maybe you're worried that people are going to look at you and judge you from the way that it sounds or the way that it looks, and I would just say, you know, who cares what they think? It's not about them. It's not about what they think. It's not about if it's pretty, like Melissa was saying. It's not about if you're this talented, amazing singer. It's about God. It's about honoring him. It's about bringing him a gift. Look what Psalm 66 says. It says, everything on earth will worship you. 
Not just the talented singers, okay? Not just the ones with the angelic voices. It says everything on earth will worship you. And how are they gonna do it? They're gonna sing your praises and they're shouting your name in glorious songs. This is how we're supposed to do this. Everything on earth, God, is here to worship you. We're gonna sing your praises and we're gonna shout your glorious name, right? Look what it says in Psalm 95. It's pretty similar, it says, come, let us sing. Not let the angelic voices sing, not let the, the only, you know, the elite singers sing. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Singing and shouting is for us, right? It's for us to do in response to God. And if you're just standing there thinking, ugh, I just, I just am not a good singer. Like, you don't understand how bad of a singer I am. If that's you, then guess what? There's two options here, right? They're singing, and then what else do you see? Shouting. Every single person in here can shout. I promise you. And well, I'm looking at Jan Brown right now, who is the best worship shouter I have ever seen and heard. Even today, I'm standing in the very back, and I can hear Jan, Jesus, right? You can do that. Look, I'll show you. On the count of three, we're all just gonna yell Jesus, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Jesus! Oh, you're a worship shouter. Look at you. That's amazing. There's options here. If you wanna sing, if that's how you wanna honor God, if that's the gift that you wanna bring, then you sing. And do it for the glory of God. And if you just think, I really just think this whole room will clear out if I start singing, and if that's something that bothers you and worries you, then you shout, right? Shout the name of Jesus. You can do that at any time. You can do that during a song. If you yell out Jesus during Larry's sermon, I think he's gonna be okay with that, right? Maybe maybe we should say Larry, Larry, Larry. But if you say Jesus, that's, that's pretty good. So you can sing, you can shout. Um, just a few days ago, so everybody here, we all live in South Texas and we all have the red wasps right now, right? They just come out every single year and they're just the meanest things ever. And I, you know, you walk outside and you are minding your own business and these things just swoop in your face and they come buzzing by your ear and it's just, ah, uh, we're all like just racing to the car, like, oh, we're, we're, we come in peace, we come in peace, like with these wasps. Uh, and so for us, they've gotten into our house in the last week or so. And so we've been walking around with like fly swatters and wasp spray and we, you know, we hear them, we hear them and Finn will say, there it is. And so we spray it and we swat it and we're just I'm all over the house just trying to kill these things. And so it finally just got to the point where I'm like, we have, we have to call somebody. Like this is out of hand, they're taking over. And so uh, <laughs> a few days ago, this young kid shows up and you know that he's like the intern of the pest control company, right? Because nobody wants to battle the wasps. So he walks in and he's like 20 years old and he walks up and he's like, I'm here to take care of the wasps. And I'm like, really? Like, how old are you? Like, you're the, you're the kid. And so he walks into our house and he's telling me like 58 times this week I've been stung by all these different wasps and he's naming all these things. So I'm like, this poor kid. And so he's going outside and he's getting ready to spray. And while he's doing that, I'm sitting inside in the air conditioning and I'm playing my piano and practicing for night of worship. And uh, he comes back in and he's like, hey, um, I, I heard you singing and I heard you playing. And he said, I, I know some of those songs. And I said, oh, that's great. And he said, yeah, he goes, man, I just love to worship. 
And he said, I, he's telling me about his church and about the worship team there. And he said, I just love to worship. And he said, my voice is horrible. It's really bad. And he's like, but I just don't care. He's like, I have to sing. I have to sing to Jesus. I have to worship him. And I just stood there and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing that I'm meeting this little young kid that's the wasp, the wasp battler, you know? And he comes into my house and he's teaching me about worship, right? God's so cool that this kid comes in and he's like, I can't sing a single note. Like it sounds like, you know, cats fighting outside when I sing. And he said, I just don't care. And I think that's exactly how we should feel, right? I just don't care. It's not for you. It's not about you. It's not about the people in this room. It's only about one, right? It's all about him. And this kid had the perfect attitude when he said, I just have to worship. I have to sing. Like his heart was saying, I can't help it. My heart is like bursting. If I don't sing, then, then I just can't handle that, right? And Jesus even said it. He said, if you guys don't praise me, he said, what? The rocks are gonna cry out. And I just think that is the last thing I ever want is to be out-worshipped by a rock right? I never want to be out-worshipped by a rock. And this kid was just such an amazing, amazing person for me to meet this week and such an amazing example of how our hearts are supposed to respond to God. It's not about anybody else. It's not about how perfect it looks. It's not about if that ballet bun is perfectly centered. It's not about if there's no stray hairs. It's about my heart and your heart responding to God because of all that he has done for you and we can't help it. And we want to bring him something. So you know what? I'll lift my hands all day long. I'll bow my head and I'll pray to you all day long. I will lift my voice and I'll sing and I'll shout. Why? Because he's worthy of it. Because he deserves it. Because he's already done so much for me. How could I not offer him my worship? And so I'm gonna encourage you this week to try those things. Try lifting your hands. Try bowing your head and spending time with Jesus and praying just to him. And try singing or try, try worship shouting. See how that goes. Just walk to a public place and yell Jesus. Like, yeah, that'd be fun, right? Just walk through Walmart yelling Jesus and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> tell me how that goes next week. Um, but listen, something really, really special happens when you do that by yourself with God. And that's that you get this personal experience with God, the creator of heaven, the creator of earth. It says that when we draw near to God, he does what? He draws near to us. But something really, really special happens when we come together in a room like this and we all have one purpose and that's to honor God and to glorify him. And look, look what, it, what happens in Psalm 22, it says this, it says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so think about that, that when we come together and we sing together and we lift our hands together, we bow our heads together and we pray, what does God do? He comes in. And the word inhabits actually means that he like rests in, 
right? That he sits upon, that he settles in. And I just think that that image is everything that we're after, right? That if God would come into this room and not just like peek in and say, oh, okay, see you next week. But if God looks in this room and says, man, these people are, are honoring me. These people are singing to me. These people are lifting their hands to me. And I have to think that our worship in that moment to God looks like this big lazy boy recliner, right? That he sees it, and you know what I'm talking about. You see a lazy boy recliner, and you're like, oh, I've got to sit in that. And you go and sit in it, and you're like, well, I've got to kick back a little and see how that feels. And then you push back, and you just like settle in. And you're like, oh, yeah, I could stay here a while. And I think that's what we're after, right? We want God to come in, and we want him to be so honored and so pleased and so overjoyed by what we're offering him that he settles in our midst, that he wants to stay, that he wants to get comfortable, and he wants to be right in the middle of everything that we're doing. And I just think that's, that's the most amazing thing that we could ever experience, is God's presence with us. And it's at that point when we've experienced that that we think, man, all these other things, I'll, I'll do them all day because I want that. I want to experience that. I want to see God that way. I want to see God overjoyed. And when he's overjoyed, it fills us with joy. And it becomes this amazing thing where everyone is filled with the spirit and everyone is completely just overjoyed in this situation, right? And you're gonna see this a lot for the next couple of weeks, but when God designed man, he made man to be in the same place as him, right? He made God and man to share a space together. They were always supposed to be in one space. And man said, hey, we're gonna go and do things our own way. And ever since then, we talked about it last week, that God's been creating this place and this, this way for us to make it back to him. And what happens when we worship him together is we get this overlap. We get this, this moment in time where we see on earth as it is in heaven. It becomes one space where God and man are together and it's perfect and it's peaceful and it's like nothing that we've ever experienced before. And I promise when we do experience that, we'll do whatever it takes, right? I'll do a thousand ballet buns to experience that. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes me feel. I don't care how many times I have to practice. I don't care. It's totally worth it for me to experience this with God, to be in the same space as him, at the same time as him, and to be on earth as it is in heaven, right? So I could sit here and I could try to explain that to you, or I can just invite you to come out Wednesday night. And on Wednesday, we're gonna have a night of worship and we're gonna come together, and this is, this is all we're gonna do. We're coming with one purpose, and that's to worship God. We're coming together to honor him and to glorify him and to give him what he deserves. We're coming to bring an offering, right, of our lives. And it's the greatest opportunity for us to come and lift our hands together and to bow our heads together and to sing and shout his praises together. And I promise you, because his word promises it, that if we come together with that purpose, he's gonna be in this room, and he's gonna be right in the middle of everything that we're doing. 
You know, in L4, he says, Santa's coming. Man, Jesus is coming. He's coming. I know him, right? He's gonna be in this room. I just promise you that. And that's what we've always been working for. That's what we're after. We're after the presence of God. Amen? Amen. So I hope you'll join us Wednesday night. Bring your family, bring your kids, um, bring some friends, bring anybody you want. This is just the perfect opportunity to invite someone to church. I can just tell you someone at some point in my young life invited me to church, right? To a place where I wasn't comfortable and a place that I didn't know what was going on and a place that I just looked around and said, what are these weirdos doing? And that moment that I experienced that changed everything for me. So who knows how a simple invite might change someone's life. So invite them. I hope you'll join us Wednesday. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for being a God who is so worthy of our worship. I just pray that as we approach you this week and as we come to you Wednesday night, God, that you would be our sole focus, that you would be all that matters, God, that you would take the spotlight, that you would have just all of our attention and all of our strength and our efforts, God, that everything we have to give would be just for you. Help us not to worry so much about being polished and perfect or if our, our actions seem weird to people around us or if they seem like they make others uncomfortable or if it makes us feel uncomfortable, God. Help us to push all of that aside and help us to just come with hearts that are ready to worship you and hearts that wanna bring you an offering, God, and we want to respond to you. And so help us to practice that in our own lives. Help us to try lifting our hands to you. Help us to try bowing our heads and praying just to you. And help us to try singing and shouting your praises and to remind our souls just how good you are. And then help us to gather together and do these things in a way that honors you, God. In a way that makes you come and that you want to rest and you want to stay. That's what we want for you, God. We want a place that you enjoy. A place that, that you feel welcomed and a place that you are just pleased to rest in and to be a part of. That's all we're after, Jesus, is your presence. Help us to, to see that this week. And help us to experience that this week on our own. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen. Amen, all right, well we will see you guys hopefully Wednesday night, we're starting at seven o'clock, so come and bring your family and we will see you in this room at seven o'clock. Jesus is coming. Amen. amen. <laughs>